1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's on
0: podcast. Back out the Smart. Fakes the pass all the time. Three. Bang! It's Williams' Strange. Bobs it up Robert Williams. Shouldn't he going? Taylor Brown. Right, Tatum. Durant. the long reach. Tatum crossover. Pull up Jump.
2: Hello and welcome to the Celtics Reddit podcast. It's me, Wayne Spoony, in the host chair for the first time. Scary thought. I'm joined today by my brother in
1: pod arms, Celtics Jay. Jay, how you doing today, man? I'm doing well, and uh, I'm you know I'm I came suited and booted. I'm ready to, to stay formal and, and on topic. <laughs> As always, and we're also
2: joined by a very special guest Go very Ar- <clears throat> <laughs> uh, he, he's a regular member of the Celtic subreddit, a former mod ousted by a violent and bloody coup that is user parsnip pizza how you doing today man
0: I, i'm doing I'm doing very well great to be on and I, and I must remind you because my team of lawyers has reminded me i'm not allowed <laughs> to refer to it as bloody or violent they did. <laughs> They did get "coup" in the uh, in the decision, but I can't say it was violent. I'm sorry.
2: The, the settlement agreement permits that. Yeah, so, yeah
0: exactly. And I got <laughs> uh, after I got traded to the Clippers for a first round pick.
2: <laughs> you and Doc both. So uh, why we had Parsnip on? It's uh, it's All Star break, right? There's no Celtics basketball. I know we're all fiending for it. So he sent me this idea when we sucked. Uh, so it made a lot more sense then. But now that we're good. We're just going to run through it. We're going to have some fun. But we're going through four of the worst seasons in Celtics Celtics history. And Parsnip, I say, take us away, man. What's the first season you want to talk about?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I want to start with the season that I actually started following the Celtics. I'm I'm from Celtics land. I'm from where it's normal to be. Normal is relative, obviously, but a Celtics fan. And uh, But I never really got into the Celtics until – like when I was younger-ish, and I started getting into them this year because I started getting access to Grantland, the lovely website, and reading columns about, hey, this Celtics team, they're tanking this year, and that year was 2013-2014, where they were uh, 25-57, and I believe, out of the third or fourth worst winning percentage in team history. And the really funny part is that this is kind of just like a nothing-to-see-here team in terms of Celtics (laughs) history. There's been disaster teams. Like the, the process started this season in Philly and yeah. uh, the Lakers, this is when they really just started being terrible in those late Kobe years. And meanwhile, the Celtics were like, yeah, we're just tanking for a top pick.
2: <laughs> and uh, so this was also just post Bobcats disaster, I believe too. And oh they won God, like seven right.
0: games. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That terrible. Like probably the worst Probably the worst team of the modern era. That terrible, terrible Bobcats team. Poor Kemba. So,
2: what was the What was the record? What, like, how did we end up? What happened with that season? And then we can get into the nitty gritty a little bit.
0: Absolutely. So, this team has very. This team has a starting point in the, All of these terrible teams have a starting point. They don't just like come <laughs> into the world as like, oh, we're terrible. Except the Bobcats, just because expansion is hell. Right. The Celtics, in my opinion, this team really starts with. Game six in, in Boston when LeBron James basically turns his whole career around and, like, basically ends the big three as we know it, adds them as a serious contender. And uh, they lose game seven, and then for the next year, I think it's year two years, it's kind of just a top team that hangs around. They lose Ray Allen in free agency to Miami. Uh, they have that team that made had a really fun run against the Knicks but just wasn't better than that Knicks team. And in the off season of 2013, leading into the 2013-14, Danny Ainge makes probably one of the biggest trades of one of the biggest trades of the last 20 years when he trades Pearson Garnett for four firsts. And part of it is he got the extra first because he took on Gerald Wallace, who was one of the worst contracts in the league at that point.
2: It was he, he was fifth in minutes on this Celtics oh. team, by the way. <laughs>
0: remember starting to watch the Celtics team, and I remember at one point just being like, oh, that's Gerald Wallace. That's the guy who's made a ton of money for nothing.
2: <laughs> hey, he had some few good years, the original crash.
0: Oh, absolutely. He was, uh, he was the guy that basically propped up the Bobcats to begin with because he was the guy they got from the Kings in the yep. expansion draft.
2: Indeed he was. And so – that was an interesting. That 2014 draft, I think at the time, the reason we were tanking oh. was regarded as an amazing draft. But if you look at some of the names, back, oh. it is not that great.
0: It's really funny because if you go back again, if you go back to the Grantland, but even just everywhere, everyone was talking about this is 1984 part two. Every single one of these players is an all star. And then you look up the list, you look up the lottery, like let's say the lottery, your all stars from the lottery of the twenty fourteen draft. Are you ready? Joel Embiid. Is that it? <laughs> and those are the all stars. Oh no, you know <laughs> what? Um uh I, I keep forgetting, but uh, uh Julius Randle, who was what like oh, tried so yeah, him yeah. and and, uh, and Zach Levine, that's the other one. But Zach Levine has come so diff has so drastically changed since when he was drafted.
2: Yeah, I mean he absolutely I mean, he was not on the original team. And either was Randall, right? Once he made an all-star team. So I've got, I've got some, uh, I'll call these stats of impotence for this team. If you guys want to run through those real quick. So this Celtics team this year, we have shot 25% or under from three, five times. (laughs) That team in 13, 14 did it 21 times. (laughs) Oh my God. We've We've shot under forty per, under forty percent from the field ten times this year that team did it twenty four times. Jay, can you <laughs> guess who was second on that team in minutes played
1: oh,
2: oh. oh. <sighs> Avery Bradley no, he should have been, but he
0: was not <laughs> Rondo not Rondo was not either well Rondo Rondo only played about thirty games, right He was right. shut down yeah. by the end of the year, yeah.
2: He was a power forward. No. Not Chris Humphreys. No, no, no. <laughs> Brandon Bass oh was the second God, in right. minutes
1: on that team. Listen, this- hold on though, but don't throw too much shade at Mr. Brandon Bass, because there's not a man on the planet that is more butter from like that mid-range on the side. <laughs> he was two hand dunks all day, man. Listen. Baby. <laughs> he that was that dude was. Steady as it went, like Mister Consistent.
2: <laughs> he really you can't throw shade a Brandon Bass,
1: in my opinion. You just can't. No. I'm not, but when he's your
2: second leading minutes getter, you're probably heading for a top five pick, baby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man, that's uh, so- right.
2: Yeah, so like, we th- we actually had some fun young talent on that team. Jay, you alluded to Avery Bradley. Yeah, Colenic.
1: it was, the, and that was that was when he started kind of emerging a little bit. We yeah, we saw him start hitting his mid range because yep. he was not hitting the three right then. That was like he was still coming off those curls, getting yep. right at that free throw line, and that was his little butter move. And then all those back cuts. Oh, I used to love watching that stuff, man. I'd get I get all know. fired up. I know those IT teams, man. That we had young
2: Olenek, right? The mm-hmm. Canadian Neon Jesus, <laughs> Jared Sullinger, who I was absurdly high on, and still to this day his, think he could contribute.
0: His his rebounding numbers, like his our rebounding numbers, were absurd. Like he would just double double, like almost every other game. It was insane.
2: Yeah, and ultimately, the end of that season is the biggest gift you could ever get because we drafted Marcus Smart.
0: That was, that, that was the Everything funny part. Everything changed. Everything changed. <laughs> it, it's true. He's never Everything missed the playoffs. Everything changed. <laughs> it's, it's really funny because if you go back and you just see, like, all these people who were touted as, like, these are the next guys, like, Wiggins. Uh, like, Embiid was in that group as well, but, like, uh, Zach Levine kind of fell. Nick Stauskas was in that 2014 draft. <laughs> That's right. That's right, we have uh, was it? It's a uh, Vivek going like Staskas and like overruling a room of people, ironically, who were telling him to take Alfred Payton. And it's like, oh man, we're gonna rue the day when we pass on Alfred Payton. But, sad
2: part is they kind of do, yeah, even though a
0: little bit, yeah, it sucks, but it's it's really funny because we, we obviously, uh, as a member of the Marcus Smart Hive Mind, it's really funny because <laughs> you're always cautious of like overrating especially just as like, oh, you know, his role is so specific, and you look at the the rest of that lottery or the rest of that draft, like Jokic is famously like a second-round pick in this draft, and he's probably the best or second-best player. But of all the people in the lottery, Marcus was not a bad player to get, especially with Embiid beat off the board. He was a great player to get. Like the Bucks, the fact that the Bucks survived taking Jabari Parker is insane. And that's partially because they got Giannis the pick after Olynyk in the draft before. Ouch. Uh,
2: and we'd be remiss. Ben would kick us off the podcast if we didn't mention this. Jordan Crawford awarded player of the week status, December 9th, 2013. Another day in December that will live in infamy.
1: <laughs> uh well, so and it's worth noting because that we did start seeing some of what Brad Stevens could do yes. with with particular players and situations. And so again, like this is where you have to look at some of these years where yeah, you're not you're you're clearly not competing for a championship, right? But what things are happening. Cause it's not like everyone's just standing there doing nothing, waiting for the next season to come. Like people are still showing up and working. So develop we were developing young players. That was I mean and a young a, coach. I mean yeah. like Brad Stevens just he just showed up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, yeah for a people young he weren't even sure if he was going to make it.
2: For a bad team, that was a very fun team to watch. Mm-hmm. I loved watching that team. Um but and that's probably the big takeaway, it was kind of the hint to what Stevens could do with kind of not star players Dude. and his defense. We were middle of the pack in defense with, again, Brandon Bass no, being our second no leading men together. Like,
0: you've got Avery Bradley who would eventually get that all defense nod. But other than him, yeah. like Rondo's not even playing. You're playing freaking Kelly Olynyk. That team had no business being a, even a middle of the pack defense. And they were good yeah. defensively.
2: Yeah. It, yeah. So, I mean, all, all things considered, we've had much worse seasons. Which brings yeah. me to the next season. Oh, if we want to run through
0: that, run I through do, the stats wanna, for us, Parsnip. I do want to say just before we do that, I just want to highlight just the sure. context of they they act. They had a really bad breakup with Doc. There's really no other way to put it. Like he was not ready for the rebuild, and they traded yeah. him for a pick, which was a good move. But in the end, taking Brad out of college, out of Butler, we've seen so many college coaches get hired out of out of college, and the it can't be overstated just like how incredible it was to get Brad Stevens straight from college who right on the court, he's a top 10 coach the day they hire him. Yeah. And it's just like, think about who's the most recent like college flame out. Like I like John B line, like yeah. he has hired college coaches it, and some of them just don't know what they're doing in the NBA.
2: Really? Brad? And Billy Donovan are the only two recent ones with any success. Usually, it's a disaster. I mean, Calipari was an absolute. Oh disaster. my
0: god! And we're we're oh, we'll come back to that at some point. I'm sure.
2: <laughs> All right, hit us with the next season. Yes. Yeah, so step. this is
0: another team. This this is a team that just kind of I this is where we come out of like my living memory. Like I said, I started watching in 2014. The 2006 to 2007 Boston Celtics. This was a team that had Paul Pierce as its best player, coached by Doc Rivers, managed by Danny Ainge, and it was a bottom five, bottom three team in the league. It's just incredible. Uh, twenty four and
2: fifty eight.
0: <laughs> twenty four and fifty eight. A twenty eighth in the league offense. One hundred three offensive rating. That's abhorrent, especially even now. Oh, but this was a squad, yo. This was a <laughs> yeah, this squad. Was a,
1: this was a fun squad.
2: <laughs> this was God. a oh, –
1: hold on, hold on, hold on, hold there's on. There's a lot of Celtics legends, quote, unquote, <laughs> on this, this team. Is, there's, there's something very important that's happening uh, on, the, on the court at this time for me in, in my Celtics <laughs> fandom world. There was a point at which in my adolescence that I got estranged from everyone on on my father's side of the family. And it was I I remember that I remember it clearly. It was the year 2004 and it was when the Red Sox were uh, pursuing, you know, breaking the curse of the Bambino, you know, big deal out here in uh, Massachusetts, not for nothing. And instead of watching that World Series with all the other men in the family, I was bunkered up in my upstairs watching a little two black and white TV, trying to catch what I could of like some summer league rec games with Al Jefferson because of how excited I was I that he that. was going to reclaim Celtic glory. Um, and so this was the season that I started seeing all of that actually come to fruition. Like I felt like I was watching – the emergence of greatness in, in Al Jefferson. And then of course everything happened afterwards, but yeah, this was a, poetically amazing season for me. And I don't remember it as anything other than gorgeous. There's a lot of fun players on this team. All right, so let me hit <laughs> Delonte you with some. Devontae West, the, the, best, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: the best interview ever. I understand that like part, part of it is like, like Jay, I, I, I love how much of a connection you have. This is a team that really had no business being this bad. You look at the names on this li- list. Yeah. Like I'm just coming at it retroactively. You're reading down the list. Jared uh, Gerald Green... Uh, Tony Allen, very young Rondo, very young Al Jefferson. Like you said, J- Al Jefferson. Perk. Oh, Perk. J- Leon, free, even freaking Leon Pow. Just this is a yeah. roster that had no business being former number one with pick record. Michael Alaba. Candy. I mean, come on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Wally and Zerbiak
2: man. was on that team. Wally, baby. Brian was uh, all on right, it at so, this point too. <laughs> yeah, let me hit hit you with some stats here. All right, so twenty five percent or under from three. This team did it eighteen times. Again, yeah. we've done it. We've done it five this year. Thanks, and Tony a, Allen. Yeah, and we've had a bad. <laughs> we've had a bad shooting year, up, Yeah. All right, Jay. Again, I ask you: Who was second in minutes played on this team? Another undersized power forward, second round pick out of Providence. Oh my! Oh, God. Ryan Gomes. Ryan Gomes, was oh second God. in minutes played. Ryan Gomes, baby. <laughs> Our most played lineup. Had Pierce, obviously. Perk, Ryan Gomes, Wally Zerbiak, and Bassey Telfair. Oh
1: and my, you know what? Oh, my God. Yeah, we were trying to reclaim Bassey's career, yo. Yeah.
2: We gave up a first for him. That was Randy Foy. Oh, my God, so that's no great. Hard. Yeah. Yeah, that um, wasn't that was a great draft. Here's the craziest part. That lineup had a plus 12.5 net rating in like 200 <laughs> minutes. It was a good that's lineup.
0: Nuts. <laughs> There's yes, like, I mean, the,
1: were, I mean, that's you an leave, anomaly. If
0: you leave that's out, out Telfair, that's like three. That's three pretty solid playoff players, and Ryan Gomes, who like was all right at that point. But then you throw in yeah. Telfair, who's just dear God.
2: Yeah, he averaged thirty minutes a game. Telfair. No one could shoot on that squad. Oh. No, uh, other than Wally, and I don't even think he. Sh- I don't think he played that much that year. No, but he was
1: always hurt.
2: Yeah, but I he have was one more. Hurt. One more stat for you. And uh, as so, this team finished 28th in offensive rating. Shocking. So let me just hit you with this. We as a team, the Celtics have not scored exactly 80 or fewer points this season. That team did it 10 times. An eighth of their games,
1: they didn't crack
2: 80 points.
1: Thanks, Tony Allen. <laughs> <Yeah, right. laughs> Oh, yes. it's, listen though, what games they won, they won because of Tony Allen. Let me tell you right now. Yeah, so. Tony was a beast. Didn't <laughs> yeah. he? Is that that's the year I believe he tore
2: his ACL. Well, yeah, right. he, he was. He
0: was like yeah. Taking he his he whole played. game to
1: another level before yep, that yeah. happened. I,
0: I would love, yeah, I love if, if you can put this in the description. There's a really good. Uh, the Ringer did a piece right before the 2018 season, I think, where they did a pretty good uh, just retrospective on the 2006 Celtics. They got, I think, they got to talk to Delonte West. They got to talk to Al Jefferson. It was a really good breakdown of that season, and they mentioned like every happy thing for the Celtics going down in flames, like Tony Allen like takes that step and he tears his ACL. Just yep. bad luck after bad luck after bad luck for them. Yeah, and again,
2: I will say, like the last season, this was kind of the harbinger of good things to come, though, because at this off season is season is when we made the Ray Allen and KG trade. So
0: I uh, I do want to say so there's two really it, it, important contexts with this is uh, I have it in my notes like very specifically right before 2006, Red Auerbach dies, or right at the beginning of the season. So there's. The guy of the franchise. Number two. That was
1: the other heartbreaker for that season. Number two. You were like, man, uh, this is the one that has to be for Red. Uh, Yeah, yeah, right. That
0: was the season that they had the black shamrock with Red's logo uh, on the court. And I think there, there was a jersey patch as well, I believe. Mm hmm. Uh, you would know better, Jay. I, was, I, I did my digging, and this is, like, I'm the young person who wasn't watching at the time. Uh, Pierce did is, a speech. Wait, what does that make me? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, eventually you're going to have to tell people about it. It's the tie. I, 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 was, I remember looking it up that Pierce did a speech, I think, right after Red died, and all I could find were people just saying, like, it was just such, it was like a moving moment that really just solidified his connection for sure. He,
1: yeah, well, and here's the thing. I, I think, Spoons, we, we touched on it a bit when Paul got inducted into the Hall of Fame. Paul Pierce has always been 100% a genuine version yeah. of who he is. He's never been anything but that. When he's been good, when he's been you know not feeling great, he's just always been true to who he is, and he's been real with everyone around him. So anytime when something has happened and he's had the opportunity to speak, He just speaks straight from his heart, man. And he feels like he, he, he invested in this community. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the the love that's felt for that guy is because of the love that he poured into the community. Um, Yeah. He's got a connection with the city and I think it just speaks through all that. It was, it was a, and that's what, again, when you reflect back on it, you'll, I never think of it as a shitty season. There's so much poetry about it. Um but it is tough to think about because it was. It's like you'd love nothing more than to have done something more exciting for Red, you know? Yeah. And, Jay,
2: I, I don't know if I, it was just me, but I feel like back then, or if I'm re- remembering correctly, I felt like there was this kind of impending doom that we were going to trade Pierce in the offseason and, like, <laughs> totally rebuild. And Danny obviously went the complete opposite way and got him to all NBA guys. So, but I remember, like – lots of speculation and like terror because i love you know pierce was my guy right he was our larry bird and i remember thinking like shit man we're gonna lose this dude and he wasn't getting
1: along with doc doc was like benching him so those two guys were like button heads you were hearing everything coming out about you know again paul wasn't gonna bs about being happy if he wasn't happy and he didn't want to suck anymore. He saw everyone else having these teams built around them and, and getting success yeah. or being competitive. He's like, This is bullshit. Like I'm I'm a phenomenal player and I should be able to perform at the highest level. Well that's and Danny said, please, just, you know, he's like, I'll double down (laughs) on you. If you, if you will bet on me for just give me another season. And he he put it together.
0: I do want to say, it's got to be mentioned that this is, they didn't just, this was a year where they ended up just being one of the worst teams in the league. But part of it ended up being strategic because this is the 2007 draft. And you have two players at the very top of this draft. You have Greg Oden, the Ohio State Center, who didn't impress people, but the, the tools were absolutely there. And... This very lanky, very thin forward from Texas named Kevin Durant. And we know now that obviously Portland took uh, Odin number one. They no doubt regret that. No, not really because Odin sucked, more so just Odin couldn't stay on the court but right. we know now that Danny was like I want Durant he wanted to get Durant and part of that was just undone by the fact that even though they finished with one of the worst stretches in the league they got the worst possible pick they could have gotten at five
1: yeah thanks David Stern
0: it's, yeah, that was rigged. What was it? It's um in that great Ringer piece. It describes it like Tommy was at the lottery ceremony, and when the Celtics pick came up, the the article describes it as Tommy looked like he wanted to like rip the green tie he was wearing like right <laughs> off his shirt and tear it to pieces. And yet, if if we're if we're to guess, we don't know what like it's going to be impossible to ever know what Danny wanted to do that off season if they had gotten Durant or if they had gotten if they've just found a way to get him, God only knows, we can definitely say that the plan he came up with was spectacular to recover from not having a chance at Durant, to just turn into what he had, to turn it into Ray Allen, to trade Jeff Green, who was the top number five pick at the time, to yeah. trade him for Ray Allen. And like what was when multiple writers and the one I'm obviously is Bill Simmons, who just is like, what is Danny <laughs> doing trading Jeff Green for 32 year old Ray Allen? That was the right trade. That was, and yeah, that ended oh, up being yeah. the right trade. Not even like, even knowing, without KG, that's the right trade. That's a good trade, <laughs> yeah. and part of it is helped by the fact that Jeff Green, like, never Jeff Green's had an incredible NBA career in a very different way. That when I say incredible, but to get Ray Allen, who basically it's like was, a Robert Hor-
1: like a Robert Horry kind of career, you know, like yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, never yeah the, a never the the superstar, but career, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. maybe just, not as many like
1: you know huge moments, but.
0: Just somebody who's valuable. I mean, I could definitely say this year the Nets really probably wish they still had Jeff Green. I'll say that. Oh,
1: definitely, definitely. And
2: Horford was number three in that draft. Yes, he I'm sure too. So that would have been a pretty damn nice pick as
1: well. And we so a lot of that. Representation that year. That was that was a that was a oh, nice no, no, no. class. This was, was a uh, nice class. Uh,
0: this was. Oh wait, that's a different draft. <laughs> Dang it! Uh, oh,
1: oh, see, spoons. Come on, you're supposed to be. Oh, on no, top you want of to this hear this? Stuff. This
0: is incredible. Imagine this, because the Celtics. We if we can get. That Danny traded the pick because he either he was like, We're gonna stick with Pierce. I think there's a universe where they take Durant and just go Durant Pierce, which is just yeah, a, I fascinating think so, well, a fascinating no, no, no. universe. That's a fascinating universe. And here's the
1: thing you can you can add Ray Allen to those two and and have damn near the same Outcome. I mean, you're not going to get the same defense that KG obviously brought. Like, that's a whole different thing. Oh, but of as far as just, like, the dynamics on on the offensive end and the versatility on both sides, like, they could have run that and been maybe not as immediately successful, but that team would have competed
0: Yeah. Big and, time. Oh. The, the, thing, the nutty thing is, is, like, imagine what we're talking about. They fall to five and Jeff Green's the picker, and he was a pretty consensus pick there. The next pick was Yi Yalin, the chairman. You want to hear who falls. Listen to what happens to Celtics history if that pick is anywhere between one and four. Greg Oden, Kevin Durant, Al Horford, and Al Horford's – oh, no, Greg Oden's Ohio State teammate, Mike Conley.
2: Conley. Yeah.
0: Imagine that. Imagine Celtics history. Imagine if they even tried to have Conley and Rondo together at some point.
1: No, Rondo would have been
0: gone. Oh, no, <laughs> yeah. I, and, I, and I probably would have done that, too. <laughs> I hate to say it, but Rondo had a great start to his career. You have to imagine a young Conley probably would have been able to do the same and probably more than young Rondo. Uh, again, um, unless KG. They oh, get, no, that's absolutely. The thing.
1: absolutely. KG was on the record. Like He's like, I won't go there if y'all deal, deal Rondo. Mm. If he's not there, <laughs> like I'm not coming. Like, <laughs> And I
0: do want to mention for Rondo, because it's really funny, because in the same draft that Danny picks randy foy and trades him he gets rondo for cash he gets yep. a a son's team basically destroyed by ron Don, uh, robert sarver and robert horry that team trades their first round pick for cash and that's how they get rondo they get him with the 21st 22nd pick in the draft in the same draft that they basically whiff in the top 10 and don't get it messed
1: up, man. Watching that dude, even on some rough seasons, like watching watching Rondo develop and then and then get the opportunity to really showcase with the big three, like that's again, like that's you gotta find those those narratives and those threads on those tough years, you know, and and appreciate watching that stuff go down because it was amazing watching that dude become who he ended up being. Like he's a legend now, like. He's he's gone in and, and won other places. He's been a damn Laker longer than I care to actually consider. Uh and we still can't totally let go because there's you know, there's yeah. just there's something about Rondo you can't that not Rondo, appreciate that
0: first version of Rondo from that two thousand eight season right up until uh that game, that injury, that wade play was just an incredible point guard in the NBA. He was what second team all NBA at one point? I mean, yeah, he, just they talked about
1: him toe to toe with Chris Paul. I mean, yeah. like that was a conversation for a minute. And Chris Paul, you know his his you know his tenure there lasted longer than Rondo's, but you know some injuries played a key role in that. Rondo was a different kind of cat, too. That's the thing. Like he, even now with diminished athleticism, like he can still just outmaneuver the game from just a cognitive perspective. Like he's got for that sure. LeBron level status way of. 40 chess playing around people. It's crazy. Um you, like there's, had that guy had more opportunity to express his potential and his talent in his prime without those injuries getting in the way, it would have been really special to see that that rondo. But yeah, it was young it's rondo, been great to see the one that we got to see.
2: Young Rondo was worth the price of admission just for, you never knew the shit he was gonna pull in a game, man. It was oh, wild. And let but, it be nationally televised, please. Yeah. <laughs> oh, national <laughs> TV
0: rondo, the old legends.
2: <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So, speaking of all-time tank seasons oh, for, uh, what's we, the next season you got
0: for what us I have unless for you got you anything is, up. It's funny we're doing this third. In my opinion, this is since the shot clock was invented, since teams were not all a bunch of white guy plumbers doing second jobs. This is in my opinion the worst Celtics team I have ever I've ever looked at, I've ever watched ever. This is The legendary 1996 to 1997 Boston Celtics team. It has the worst record in team uh, winning percentage in team history. That team went 15 and 67. (laughs)
2: all-time terrible that was the tank for Duncan right that was indeed the tank for Duncan so if I
0: can just the the immediate context on this team is uh you can start this in 86 when unfortunately they take Len Bias and whatever you think Len was going to be Len would have probably been something and to lose him on draft night was just (laughs) heartbreaking but then you, you almost recover and you get Reggie Lewis and then you sadly lose Reggie Lewis the other tragic loss in the Celtics period and eventually, just they just weren't hitting on picks in the Larry Bird years and the McHale years. And eventually, those guys just ran out of gas. They just, especially McHale and Bird, they just couldn't hold up after years and years of thirty-eight minutes a game. So by nineteen ninety-six, the cupboard is is really bare. It's basically in ninety-five. It was basically D Brown with with Reggie gone. That team had almost no one. They got Dino Rada to come over from Europe, and he was maybe the second Raja, put some respect on that. And he's like, he's like, respect on that man. I'm sorry.
1: You <laughs> can tell you're young. I, that. Oh, I yeah, watched I that. I watched that man with enthusiasm. You put <laughs> some respect on his name. It's,
0: it's really funny. Like uh, the, I know, I know. Like <laughs> Simmons hated him. That's the only thing I know. But I, you look at the numbers, and that's awful.
1: It was This team was bad. <laughs> it, it really, and then, then when Walker showed up, it just made it so much so uh, much clearer how bad he was. The,
0: the thing that's also got to be mentioned here is this 96-97 team. We, we've, in our lifetimes, it's actually kind of come back. We got Tom Thibodeau as coach and GM of the Minnesota Timberwolves when he made some horrible trades with them. But And Stan Van Gundy, of course, made the Blake Griffin trade, just a terrible trade. But those guys were coaches like they were they were decent coaches who were given the management job because they won a power struggle this 96 97 celtics team gm'd and coached by probably one of the most incompetent people to get both titles ml Carr. why wave a towel on the bench when you can wave it from the luxury box
2: (laughs) it's I mean, probably one of the, it, it's funny that the Celtics are known for a long history of like amazing management with Red and, just stability. and Danny. Yeah. yeah, this is the fucking dark ages right here, man. This is the worst. So in that vein, I have got some stats for you guys. <laughs> this team, 20 or more turnovers in a game. Ugh. This year, we've done it five times this season. And this is a high. everyone's talking about we turn it over too much. That team did it sixteen times. <laughs> so every one game a week, basically, they turned it over twenty or more times. They were fifth in points okay. per game. Games end quicker they, that way, you know. Like, you yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Only because they played by far the fastest pace. They were 26th in offensive rating. So one of the least efficient offenses in the league.
0: Spoons, I wanted to to look this up. I don't know if you have this on your list. I didn't know this because when you see a high turnover rate, you're just like, who's the freaking, who's the ball handler for this team? They had David Wesley, who like, he's not like a world beater, but he's like somebody. He played 40 minutes a game. Yeah, and he yeah, started seventy three games.
2: Uh, in In that vein, they only had three games. So, or rather, this year, nine times we've turned it over, ten or less times. They had three games in an 82-game season where they toned, turned it over 10 or less times. So every single game, they had double-digit turnovers except three. <laughs> and the, that's not even the worst. The defense is the worst part. Oh, man. The So this year, our opponents have shot 50% from the field or better nine times, which is insane. I mean, that's incredibly good. <laughs> The the opponents of the ninety-six-97 Celtics shot over. You mean 50%. you Dana Barrows was a locking people up? Come on. No, no, Dino neither. They shot their opponents shot better than forty fifty percent forty-six times. Over half their games, the other team shot fifty percent from the field. <laughs> like you're not stopping anybody.
0: Uh, it's really funny because generally with like defenses, you're like you're like looking at who's the forward core, like who's the 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 center core, because you look at the guard core for this, and it's it's not great, but it, there's names there. Like Dave, we've said them, like David Wesley, D Brown, uh, Dana Barros. Wait, Dana. I want to make sure it's Dana Barros and not Cedric Sabalas. I get those mixed up sometimes. No, it's it's Dana Dana Barros. Dana Barros. Like those (laughs) aren't great guards, but they're guards. They'll do things. Yeah, but
1: Dana Barros and Dee Brown couldn't guard anybody. No, they just just, no size. And then
0: when you turn around and you're like, all right, who's behind the line? You the the Hall of Fame list of stiffs on this team. <laughs> Purvis Elliston, Frank Brokowski, Stacey King, Alton Lister. These are all just career-long stiffs who somehow <laughs> stayed in the league because they were taller than 6'10". Like, Alton Might Lister, the greatest moment of Alton Lister's career is getting his soul sucked out of his body by, uh, Sean, by Sean Kemp in the Western Conference Finals.
2: <laughs> Might I also add... <laughs> Not only did they allow fifty or better percent shooting in forty six games, this is one of the least efficient his, like times in NBA history. Teams were not like regularly cracking fifty percent from the field. Like this was a bad offense era, and this team made it them look like the modern Golden State Warriors. I mean, that is how bad they were on defense. They were pretty bad.
1: <laughs> I I do want to. Us- no, Antoine ahead. Walker was still letting him rain from three, though. Oh, of course, he was. And I, it's Antoine never stopped. looking for that four-point line.
0: <laughs> and I do, uh, I do want to get into Antoine Walker because it's really funny. You look at the roster of that team, the the youth. It's all Antoine. If you look, it's like who are people that are going to be somebody in the future, and it is just Antoine Walker. And and he do- he played fourteen. I looked this up. He played nineteen percent. Of his minutes as a spall forward on this team, why? Oh, hold God, on, hold different on, different era,
1: different era. Well, and and did you? I mean, did, I watched dude play. Like he could play any position he wanted. Especially like his first handful of seasons in the league. Like he was a different kind of cat. Like Antoine Kwon Walker was
2: insane when he was. like, Yeah, young Antoine Walker there, was like he was
1: different. He really was kind of like before. His time, like if if oh, was, the game was played a little bit more like the way it is now, like he probably definitely. would have been nurtured a little bit differently and valued differently as a as a player, because he was he was that forward that could he could body up in the post a bit. He was big enough and strong enough, but he could handle the ball like a guard, like a legit guard, and then he could pass really well, like off the dribble.
0: That's that's like, the insane part was watching it because I knew like some of the old – like you look it up and there's old criticisms of this team as it was happening. And it was really funny because I think one of the stated things were like people making fun of, oh, we know they're purposely trying to win games. They're playing Antoine at the five. And now you look at it, it's like – Yeah, Antoine's a five now. He just who else is going to play the five? What is he? He's I I don't have his height down. It's like what six nine, six six, eight. Shoots. No, he's six eight, and he's a shooter. And he was basically wasn't he basically that in Miami when he finally won a title? He was like a four five. Oh
1: yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, he was. But again,
1: he was also he was being put in that center position because there was injuries and no one better to play. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like he was their best rebounder. He was the only guy strong enough to like put up. a. F- and again, he created a mismatch problem. So like if you were going to even be competitive and you're just throwing minutes at this guy at that point anyway, you just want him to get reps out there. You know, he's the only good thing you've got in your pocket at that point.
0: And I do. I do want to transition that into just a funny narrative thing that I found just researching this team. I know we just made fun of him and I'm not going to defend him as a coach. There was a theory with we get into Antoine there's a theory here that you could say that M.L. Carr, the executive knew what he was doing because I looked this up. They didn't get Antoine with their own pick. They got Antoine with a pick from the Mavericks in like, I looked up this trade. It doesn't get mentioned anymore because basically it's, it's a bunch of people who just didn't pan out. Uh, The season before this M.L. Carr traded. uh, I want to make sure I get the name right. Samaki Walker and Eric Montross, who at the time was like my all rookie and they traded him to the Mavericks for two first round picks. And those were good picks. They went, Montrose went to the Mavericks. It was never the same. And they got, uh, they got Antoine with this pick. And then the season later, that's how they got Ron Mercer right after their eventual first round pick that year. Mm -hmm. It's kind of incredible.
2: yeah, unfortunately, uh, unlike the previous two seasons where they were a sign of positive things to come, in walked Rick Pitino Listen, after that somewhat effective and rebuild. He, here's
1: the thing that shocks me. As someone who watched Celtics basketball, early 90s, mid-90s to the late 90s, and, and everything in between since then and what have you, it's those patino years that like those are the dark years yeah i, I
0: was i was those, gonna say yeah the fact that
1: that's not that wasn't like the one of the first seasons that came to mind like that dude didn't make one decision that worked out well and that's like, he tough, didn't make he did one decision he didn't even <laughs> make a wardrobe decision that went well for him it was, in his time in boston incredible. that man
0: was a complete
1: Disaster. That's the yes, incredible thing is
0: you look at this and the the headline story we alluded to it or Jay alluded to it earlier. This is a team where and you go back in interviews and they were accused of it at the time. Now ML says we were tanking for Duncan and this year Tim Duncan Everyone from Wake was. Forest was the number probably one of the greatest college prospects we'll ever see and that was a Celtics team oh, yeah. that was. There to do two things. I was going to say one thing. Two things. One, develop Antoine Walker. Number two, be the worst team in the league so they could get Antoine Walker. But unfortunately, at the very beginning of the, the San Antonio Spurs, who made what the Western Conference Finals only two years earlier, they lose David Robinson early in the season, and they sell everything to tank their way to the bottom. And they win the lottery, and they get – Uh, Antoine, they uh, they, win the lottery. They win the lottery to get Tim Duncan. But here's the thing: the story that's told, the story that's told, is like, oh, and then they missed out on uh, Tim Duncan, which of course is a franchise-changing moment. They get the number three pick. They take the second best player in the draft with Chauncey Billups. They get the second best player with Chauncey Billups after the Raptors pass on him and to your point I know earlier I opened it and I do agree with you that this is a dark era and it should be highlighted as that but when you're talking about Chauncey Billups and then they take Ron Mercer that's that's a team with Antoine Walker, Ron Mercer, uh, Chauncey Billups that's not great but that's something but when you say Chauncey Billups and Ron Mercer the next disaster waiting off stage is Rick Pitino when he trades yep. Chauncey Billups after fifty well, games,
2: and then the year after, I believe he drafted Joe Johnson, and then and also traded him.
0: Uh, it was well, it was Rodney Rogers and Tony Delk for Joe Johnson. Indeed, it and was, was in two I, two or one first for Vitaly Potapenko. Whoa,
2: I tolerate no Vitaly Potapenko slander yes, on this podcast, sir. I love me some Vitaly. <laughs> he was trash, but I love him still. Uh, all right, so. Let's run through this last season real quick because it was before all of us were born, even me and Jay. Uh, so, <laughs> you
0: no, know, you make it sound like I was born in like 2020. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have you know I was only born in 2015.
2: Come on now. Okay. All right. Good. Good. And you, you're oh, so you're a year older than Tatum. That's great. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I'm also eternally 19. Yeah. Uh, all right, man. So what's the last yeah, season you so got this for is, us? This is the team I had to look for a non-tanking Celtics team. Like the last three we went over, at least to some point, you had somebody in the organization or somebody saying to them, it "Was like you're tanking." This is a team that was not tanking. They couldn't tank because they traded their first round pick. This is the 1978-1979 Boston Celtics who went 29 and 53. They had the worst win percentage of the post shot clock era. They had the 19th best offense in the league, which sounds good, right? There were 22 teams. <laughs> And that's worst win
2: percentage uh, of a team not actively trying uh, to win. Correct, yes.
0: This is a team that was yeah, trying yeah. to win, and it has to be – this is a fascinating team because the year before John Havlicek retires, that's a major moment for the Celtics. That's your, that's your all-time leading scorer. That's a guy who got a 10-minute standing ovation in his final game for his yeah. retirement. And then so what do you do now? Because with John leaving, that's that's the dynasty right there. You starting all the way with even with Kuzi, you draft Russell, and then in between the Russell, you get Hondo, and you get guys like Sam Jones, and then eventually those guys retired, but you still got Hondo, and you get Dave Cowens and JoJo White. All of them are gone by this season, except uh, uh, except JoJo White. Cowens was a player coach this season. He was fired with, I believe, eight games in. This team had no coaching. <laughs> <laughs> so i've got uh I've got here. Some st- it's a bridge year, bridge year. yeah yeah it, I've it, got it's, some st- a, it's essentially a bridge year.
2: <laughs> yeah i've got some stats for you on this one Ugh. this team turned it over 20 or more times in 44 games <sighs> solid <laughs> again we've done that five times this year or nine times i'm sorry nine times this year no, five times. Five times. I'm sorry. 44 games with 20 he or more had turnovers. You one job. I know. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm new in the host chair, all right? <laughs> it's not, see, it's a little harder than it looks. It is, man. So they did not have a game with fewer than 11 turnovers. They turned it over 11 times or more every single game. Who was their leading and- scorer that year?
0: It was. I can look this up. Uh, total points or per game? Oh, it doesn't oh, yeah. matter because it's the same guy. It's Cedric Cornbread Maxwell. Oh, uh, Cornbread. Leading all right, with yeah, 19 all right. points a game. <laughs> Not
2: bad. Uh, defense was an issue. Again, we've allowed 50% shooting or better nine times this year. This team allowed it in 48 games. So, yeah. People were scoring on them and they were not scoring. And that's how you get one of the worst seasons in Celtics history. You had Max
1: though. So like, you know, you had a piece that was going to, you know, eventually be a a huge contributor to a championship.
0: That, that is, that is the thing you do have. You do have, I won't say you have all the pieces, but you flickers at this point, like Cedric Maxwell is a big one, but it's really fascinating. The overlap on this team because you really – this is this is a bridge year in the most bridgiest way possible. You have – I want to amend my earlier statement. You have Dave Cowan's player coaching. This is – I believe Dave Cowan's is – it's his second to last year. Dave Cowan's like the 70s icon on the same team with Cedric Maxwell uh, – uh, Tiny tiny Archibald was on the team by this oh, point. Oh, that's a hell of a locker
1: room right there. Absolutely. Yeah, right. I bet they had Ooh. some fun.
0: <laughs> uh, Rick, oh, you're talking about having some fun. Rick Roby was on the team at this point. Okay. Larry Bird's all eternal right. drinking buddy. It was such a different
1: league then too, man. Just yeah. such a different league. Both in how teams got built and put together yes. and managed. And then, of course, just the dynamics between players and teams and what have you. It's so – It's funny to think about, like, for from a fan's perspective, how that was because the teams were covered so different then. Like, I wonder, I wonder what that was. I was trying to, I just sent a message. I was trying to reach out to, uh, to my pops because I know he, you know, he'd love to talk a little bit about this particular season. I'm sure he's, you know. (laughs) <laughs> he, takes. He'd be loving himself an audience to break this one down. <laughs> Next time, man, we'll bring him on. That's, I'd
2: love to. about to phone be a a friend, friend, man. Be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Get him on. <laughs> um yeah, well, and speaking of Bird, he had already been drafted. Uh and Back then, you could stay in college, and, and so we were like, just waiting for him. Yep, right, exactly. And remember,
0: as the season's going on, by the end of the season, that 1979 national championship's been played, where you have Magic Johnson and Larry Bird taking this these all time college teams and having one of the greatest championships ever, and just knowing as the Celtics, we've got that guy. He's coming here next year.
1: Yeah, that was that was red, just like playing 4D chess. Yeah, like all that right. Was just, yes. that, as was, much that was as like.
0: It's it's very funny that you bring up Red here because okay. Red Auerbach is a man of great renown in the franchise, and we just talked about how tragic his passing was, and he built okay. this 80s team. This season has the worst Red Hourback trade that has ever happened when in the middle of February – so Cedric Maxwell was the team's leading scorer this year, but they also had another person average 20 in 20 games – When in February, Red traded three first-round picks for Bob McAdoo, who came to the team and made no impact on a team that could (laughs) not win games and could not stop anybody. And Red traded three firsts. His own pick, a pick they got for JoJo White. So they traded JoJo White and got a pick for that. And then a third pick, who I think they got for trading, might have been Don Cheney. But they traded three first round picks for Bob McAdoo, and it's like one of the worst trades in Celtics history. Yeah, it's all right. He made up for
1: it. <laughs> he did that. He did Yeah, He did. That is funny though. Like, because I, I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I never think about that. It, that's that's not even a trade that like comes to mind when I think about. <laughs>
2: Different. When Bird comes the next season, Honestly. it really makes you forget about that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing is – You get a gimme. <laughs> that's the thing yeah. is that the next season, like that's a terrible trade and he literally undoes it because the next year you have Larry Bird, rookie Larry Bird, and you have him with Tiny Archibald and Cornbread. That team makes the Eastern Conference semifinals. Finals. It makes the second round of the playoffs.
1: Which well, and then, just, then he wheels some crazy deals and gets so, Robert Parrish and McHale so later. So here's it's the like, deal. Yeah.
0: Here's the deal. He oh. gets – he trades Bob McAdoo because way back when free agent compensation was absurd. You could literally get anything for a team signing. Like a ham signing. sandwich. You could get anything <laughs> for a team signing one of your free agents. And the Celtics signed ML Carr as a free agent from Detroit. And originally that was just going to be we were going to give them a pick – but what it ballooned into was we signed ML Carr and gave them Bob McAdoo in exchange for two first-round picks. And one of those first-round <laughs> picks was the Warriors' first-round pick. What? Which in 1980 became Joe Barry Carroll because that <laughs> is the number one pick. So Red Hourback trades three firsts for Bob McAdoo to a horrible trade, but then he trades Bob McAdoo for the pick that he turns – into number three in Parrish. He has the number one pick and turns it in when Ray when Ralph Sampson said, I'm gonna stay in college, who would have been the number one pick in 1980. Red trades, all the dots. Yeah, he yeah. trades that pick, and that's how he gets it's Robert amazing. Parrish, this disgruntled center in Golden State, and he gets the number three pick, which he uses on Kevin McHale. So in one trade he gets the rest of that 80s dynasty all together on a team that already had Larry Bird and Tiny Archibald.
2: Like I said, 4D chess, man. And that's why we don't care about the Bob McAdoo
0: trade. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why we spend our time writing 2,000 word articles about Perkins Perkins for green that's right right. that's right
2: all right man well that was that was super fun thanks for coming on uh love to do something like this yeah it really was and we'd love to do something like this again maybe in the off season when uh you know times are a little slow so we appreciate it parsnip and jay thanks as always for joining me uh next time though it's your host chair (laughs) it's too hot for me uh, all right. Well, thanks, everybody. It's been the Celtics Reddit podcast. Okay, he's Talk got his own show
1: to host now. <laughs> yes, he's going right. to get on and
0: host <laughs> the other five
2: podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's much easier when it's just you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys.